Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. Lots of good testimonies. Okay, today we're going to talk about uh, did you receive? We're going to we're going to look at Acts 19. You know what the Lord does to me sometimes is He'll have me read the same thing over and over again. I know I've shared this a little bit because. Um, you know, when you read something, you've studied it and all this kind of stuff, and God says, the next day, why don't you read this? And I'm like, you know I did that yesterday, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then the next day, he says, uh, go ahead and read Acts 19. I'm like, yeah, I might have read that before. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because it's not out of, uh, you know, oh, God, I know everything. It's just out of that puzzlement of God. Why, why do I need to read this every day for a week or, or two weeks or however long you want me to read it? But uh, in this whole sense of um, where we're going as a church, as as really a a um, really as a world, as a world of believers, God has really been talking to me about making sure that we are fully aware and fully engaged in all that He's given us. You know, sometimes we're running looking for more when the more that he has for us is right with us. We go searching for this and we go searching for that. And it's it's actually right here within us. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, apparently, I just feel quite tickled this morning. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Acts 19. So, y'all ready? I might be. <laughs> it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul was uh, went through the upper inland districts and came down to Ephesus and found some disciples. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed in Jesus as Christ? They said, no, we have never heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now think about that. I might have heard some uh, extra discussion in the back there. Now, honestly, that is not uh, unheard of in the body of believers. It is not unheard of where someone says, you know, I, I don't really know who the Holy Spirit is. When I was brought up in a Baptist church, we never talked about the Holy Spirit. We actually never really talked about the Father. We only talked about Jesus. You know, we might brush on the Father uh, every once in a while as we studied the Lord's Prayer or something like that. But, you know, Jesus was the main focus. And the only time we talked about the Holy Spirit was when we it was the Holy Ghost. And there was no explanation with that. You know, as a young kid, you're talking about this Holy Ghost. I grew up with Casper. You know, I, I've got nothing on that, you know. And it's interesting because within the church frame, within the believer's frame, there is a lack of understanding of or even awareness that the Holy Spirit is a separate person and does exist. Verse 3. And he asked, into then, uh, into what were you baptized? And he said, into John's baptism. And John's baptism, 
Uh, let me read verse 4 and then I'll read the other. Uh, Paul says, John performed a baptism of repentance, continuing telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him. That is to confidently accept and joyfully believe in Jesus the Messiah and Savior. And John, I'm just going to read this out of John 3.11. Indeed, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a big controversy within the church realm. It's not within our realm, I don't think. I'm not really sure. We can do a, a hand count for a minute. But, but you know, the, it, it really is a controversy of, you know, do you get the fullness of the Holy Spirit when you're saved? Do you not? You know, there's a big controversy. But the, but the bottom line is, is the Holy Spirit indwells in us. And I read this thing that Billy Graham wrote in 1973, I think it was. I'll, I'll, I don't know if I put the date back on here. But he said, um, let me just find it here real quick. Now, this is Billy Graham. He said, it is a waste of time for us Christians to look for the power we do not intend to use. This was Billy Graham. Because what has happened is there is a awareness for some people that the Holy Spirit exists. But there's an unawareness of how to truly engage on a regular basis with the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking about, we were talking about righteousness. One of my uh, clients is writing, has written a book on righteousness that's about to come out. And we were talking about righteousness. And um, righteousness is not about regulations. It's not about religion. It's not about following the law. Righteousness is about relationship. And the Holy Spirit gives us righteousness through the blood of Jesus by relationship. And that's where we miss the full wonder of the Holy Spirit is because we miss the relationship that we've been invited into to have with him. When we do inner healing, a lot of times we'll say, who do you like to talk with who do you normally talk with and everybody has different things jesus lord holy spirit whatever but you know we we learn through our growing up um and we get comfortable sometimes with only one aspect of who god is the triune god the triune god is the father it is the son it is the holy spirit and we don't always spend the time to nurture the relationship with each one. Yes, they are all one God, right. But they all are three in one. They are the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And it takes time to nurture each level of that relationship. We all have to have the opportunity to grow in our relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me finish reading this. Um, verse 5, it says, After hearing this, they were baptized again. This time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in unknown tongues, languages and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. So when you think about that, you think about, am I fully moving in the fullness that the Holy Spirit has been given to me for? When we, when we read through John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus 
reiterates over and over that the Holy Spirit is your counselor. He is your advocate. He is your teacher. He will take the things that are known uh, to me and reveal them to you. When I go away, I'm not leaving you as an orphan because I'm giving you my spirit, the Holy Spirit, to dwell within you. So the power of the Holy Spirit within us transforms us. And one scripture that just really stood out to me, let's turn to Galatians 5. We're going to look at a lot of scripture this morning. Some we'll turn to, some I'll just read through. But Galatians 5, we're going to start in verse uh, 16. But I say, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance, which what is actually taught on. Then, now listen to this. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of sinful nature. When we walk in a regular basis, in a relational basis with the Holy Spirit, responding to him, seeking his guidance... Then you will certainly not carry out the desire of a sinful nature. As we walk with the Holy Spirit, the things of the flesh that that draw us will not have victory over us. Because we have the power of the Spirit that lives within us. When I say I'm a sinner, I was a sinner, but I was saved by the blood of Jesus. I am a new creation. The old creation that I lived in, I no longer live in because I have the Holy Spirit in me. Does it mean that I don't make mistakes every once in a while? Or as Ashley says, you walk down the street, you look at someone and instantly you've already judged them and figured out who they are and who they aren't? No. But what it means is that when that comes upon me, the Holy Spirit rises up within me and says, no, that is not who you are. You are born again. You are bought by the blood. You have been saved. You have been resurrected with Jesus. You sit in heavenly places hidden in Christ. Christ is the hope of glory for us. So all of these things that we think we are battling with. The Holy Spirit is in us to defeat what's coming against us. So we are not weak to sin. We are strong in the power of the Holy Spirit in us. I've been, um, I bought the book because Karen made me. You know, sometimes she just sends me stuff that I have to do and I don't have a choice. But it's called The Power of Communion. And it's by Benny uh, Johnson, Benny and Bill Johnson, but Benny wrote the most of it. And uh, it's a great book. It's, I think it's ten ninety nine on Amazon. If you don't have it, get it. If you can't afford it, we will buy it for you. Because it is the most powerful book that I've read besides Benny Hinn's The Blood. Um, and I have been reading it and every day taking communion. And I would encourage everyone to begin to take communion every day if you're not. Because, right, first of all, there's power in the blood. There's power in the supper with the Lord. There's power in that remembrance. 
But there's something about taking communion every single day that when you have that moment and you're reading through, uh, I was telling Rifka, I've, I've read it, and, and it talks about the healing that comes in the blood. And as you go through, it goes through the step-by-step, each chapter, the step-by-step of what you can expect from taking communion every single day. And uh, I finished it, and I, I just, when I do my communion and get through, you know, with my time with God, I read that last chapter again. And it talks about the, the pleading the blood over your family. Pleading the blood over your body. Expecting that the blood of Jesus in this, in this time of taking his body and, and, and consuming his blood, that there will be healing, there will be breakthrough, there will be a resurrection in things that have died in you because the blood of Jesus is so powerful. And I would encourage everyone uh, to start taking communion every single day. And if you don't have, you know, I've done it with everything from a peanut and a glass of water because I had no groceries. <laughs> have you ever done that? You're thinking, I'm sure I have something, but I have nothing. You know, it, it, it's not about the legalism of trying to make sure you have the right juice and the right wafer. It's really about the uh, taking the time to go through that process with Christ and it is powerful and it has resurrected something different in me you know I have felt I've actually received some healing uh, in my thyroid which has been amazing because that has been a a real challenge for me over the last 10 years and uh, but there have been things healed within me not only physically but even emotionally, you know, things that you don't even realize are there, then all of a sudden as you're, as, you know, the thing, I think it says, you know, as you break the bread, just ask Jesus to show you whatever. And there's like a list of things. And each day is a little bit different. But as you break that bread, you know, let Jesus, whose body was given for us, break those things that have a stronghold on us. So we can be free Forever from them because that's what he paid for. And we want the fullness of all that he has promised us. And the promised Holy Spirit is the fullness of Christ in us, Christ on us, so we can do what God has called us to do. And there's something about aligning with these things that gives us a greater clarity, awareness, whatever it is, freedom, whatever it is. From the things that the enemy has set against us. So I want to finish reading Galatians 5 uh, verse 17. So we, we just read that we will certainly not carry out the desire of sinful nature. We are not going to carry that out. And in the Amplifies it says, which responds impulsively. We, so we're saying that by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, we will not respond impulsively to the sinful nature that's wooing us. Because the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we will say no to it. That's what it's saying. For the sinful nature has its desires which are opposed to the spirit that lives in you. Now, in, in the natural, we know when someone's opposed to us. Sometimes in the spiritual realm, we don't always recognize it right away. 
We don't always recognize that that is something trying to lure us somewhere or trying to deceive us into doing something that's not going to align itself with God. But what we have is we have the Holy Spirit that says, stop. Don't do it. We're driving uh, around and sometimes I have to tell Chuck, stop. Don't follow so close. Because we're in a relationship. And he doesn't mind that I boss him around while he drives. I, I like to supervise. I have multiple uh, uh, prophetic breaks on my side of the car. I just love to help him. You know, and that's because I am his helpmate. And, you know, right, 99% of the time he doesn't need my help. But every once in a while he's like, thank you. So we just have to understand that 99% of the time he's got grace to receive the additional help he doesn't need. So that when the 1% happens, it's good. Right? Rod's like, oh my gosh. I'm not riding with her. But think about it. You know, think about it. 99% of the time, you might not need the Holy Spirit, you know, talking in your ear all the time because you are so entrenched with what God is doing in your life that you're like, no. Like, Colette, I'm, you know, I used to need a glass of wine. I don't need one. You know, it, but then you have that, that time where it's just kind of caught you off guard and it's, it's like it's swiped right near you and all of a sudden you're about to step into something But the only way you're going to be able to hear the Holy Spirit is if you're in that depth of relationship where there's this constant ebb and flow of him saying, awesome. Yeah, take a look here. And it's just that it's he's so much a part of you that there are times you cannot distinguish. Is this you or is this the Holy Spirit? But if it looks like God and it reads like God and it smells like God that means the holy spirit has transformed something in you so that you walk habitually in the holy spirit so that you don't you're not lured to those other things but we know that the enemy tries to get in in ways that will catch us off guard but we know that the holy spirit already lives in us so We don't have to be caught off guard. And that's the relationship he is wooing us into. That is what Jesus paid for. He didn't say, I'm going to leave you a Holy Spirit. And if you feel like connecting with him, go ahead. But I'm going to cover you regardless. What he's saying is, I poured out my blood. I gave my life because the Holy Spirit needs to live in you. So you are covered 24-7. Because my spirit lives in you. 24-7. There's not one nanosecond of the day that you are not covered by the blood of Jesus. You just have to decide if you want to be activated in it. And the only way to be fully act, fully immersed is to have that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. For the sinful nature has its desire which is opposed to the Spirit. We know that. And the desire of the Spirit opposes the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the Spirit, are in direct opposition to each other. Continually in conflict. 
so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. But here, here's, here, here's what cancels that whole statement out. But if you are guided and led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. You are subject to the move of the Spirit within you. That's what you're subject to. So while we're having a spirit war over us, because there is a spirit war over us. Paul says in Ephesians that our our warfare is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual war. We have the Holy Spirit who is opposed to to Satan. And there is a battle for each one of us. And don't think that you aren't significant enough to be fought over. Because you are. Every person is being battled over. But who wins? Jesus. Who wins? It's the spirit of the living God within us. That's who wins. And our joy is to be able to choose his side. We choose you, the Holy Spirit. We choose to know you, Holy Spirit. We choose to be able to live in that fluidity that when it comes uh, as a surprise, the enemy comes as a surprise, the Holy Spirit is standing right there saying, no, no, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to guard you. I'm going to show you what the next thing is. That's what that's that's the graciousness of God that we are never alone. We are never alone. The Holy Spirit. Oh, I, I was reading something the other day and it says the Holy Spirit is the power agent of, of the Trinity. He fills us with the power to do what we're called to do. I'm going to skip down all the sins and go to verse 22 in Galatians 5:22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit and it says the result of his presence within us. This is the result is love. Unselfish concern for others, joy, peace, patience, not the ability, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, self-control, against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful nature together with its passions and appetites. We have all crucified our sinful nature with our passions and our appetites. They have been crucified with Christ. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit, with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage, our contact empowered by the Holy Spirit. We must not become conceited, challenging, or provoking one another, envying one another. So our ability to walk in personal integrity, our ability to walk in godly character and moral courage is given to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, have you ever had something in your house that you've had forever and you never used? Or girls, I know we've done this. We've bought something and we keep looking at it thinking we're going to wear it. We try it on. We put it back in the closet. We, we might wear it uh, a year later. I think I might wear that this year, you know. Rod's like, I ain't got, I got nothing. But it's true. Women do that. Men do not do that. Because we think... It looks good on us, but when we put it on, we realize it really does not look good on us or it doesn't fit right or whatever. But, you know, that, that analogy is true for the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us, 
But sometimes we're so oblivious to his presence. He just sits in our closet. Because we don't let him out. Have you ever met someone who's a Christian and you think, I would have never guessed that. I'm sure people say that, but I don't know. About me, I don't know. But you know, and you think, but you realize what's happened is, they may have said, yes, Jesus is Lord. But they didn't receive the transforming work of the Spirit within them. They never activated the free gift of of eternity into the transformation of their everyday walk. They never activated it. They just put it back in the closet and said, maybe next year I'll get it out and try it on again. Maybe next year I'll get it out and try it on again. We've got to have the internal transformation. We live from within as well as the external power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we can ask for that transformation every day, every minute. God, Holy Spirit, just fill me up. Just renew me. Give me the vision. Give me the eyes to see. Or we cannot. We can say, Holy Spirit, I understand the word that, that you live within me. The Spirit of the living God lives within me. But that's about as far as I'm willing to go. And then he just lays dormant the rest of the time. He may be sending signals to you. But if you never engage, you never build that relationship You'll never receive the fullness on earth that God has for us. We can't live out of a one-time deal. You know, we can get saved. We can say, yes, we believe in Jesus. But that's not a one-time event. It's a transforming event. It's a transforming event. And we have to move with the transformation of the Spirit in us. In order to be able to do the things that he's called us to do. In order to be the people he's called us to be. You know, nobody wants to go around and say, I've been saved by Jesus, but I am a difficult person to spend any time with. Or I can light up someone quicker than anything. Or when I get mad, things go all across the floor, all across the wall. There's no transformation in that. And that's the reason people say, well, why would I want to be a Christian? I've met some of them. And yes, we all know that it's a process, right? But we have to be actively involved in the process. And we will see the deliverance of the Lord, which he has promised us. That we are no longer sinners, we are saints. But when we sin, God lets us know. So it is that power of relationship with the Holy Spirit that God is calling us to engage in. He's calling us to be nurtured in it. He's calling us to 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 be able to be so uh, in in line with what the Holy Spirit's saying to us every moment of the day. And like I said, you get in that that place of of saturation where sometimes you think, I don't know if that's God or me. But then you measure it. Does it line up with God? Does it line up with who he is? You know, have, I know sometimes with my daughter, and you know, some of you have met my daughter. My daughter is five foot one. She is. And she's very tiny. And, you know, people will get around us and they'll say, you guys are just alike. Well, we both have, we, we have features that are like facial features and stuff. 
But we are not just alike. But we've spent so much time together, we're just alike. They'll say, oh, your daughter sounds just like you when she talks. She says the same phrases that you say. We, we were getting our, to- our, we had our toast painted uh, before she left and we were sitting there and we were sitting there and we both got our little Starbucks and we're getting our things and we get done, we both look at each other at the same time. Perfect. I'm like, yes. But you know, I mean, it's a silly little example, but you spend so much time with someone that you begin to sound like them, you begin to move like them, you begin to look like them. But that's what we want of the Holy Spirit. We spent so we spend so much time nurturing our relationship with the Holy Spirit that we begin to be transformed where our words become just like the Holy Spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit was talking to through us. Have you talked to someone and they're talking to you and you just feel the presence of God just exude from them? And they're not even praying for, for, for you. You know, that's what we want. We want to be so saturated and entrenched with the Holy Spirit that we sound just like him. We move like him. We release healing just like he does. You know, Paul goes on in Acts 19, and uh, first of all, he has to get in fight in a fight with all the religious people because he is releasing the power of the Holy Spirit, and they don't like it. And we know that that happens, you know, but we can't be afraid of who's going to come against us because the Spirit is going to move forward for us. But then, verse 11 says, and I'm just going to read this, Acts 19, it says, God was doing extraordinary and unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even the handkerchiefs or the face towels or off aprons that he touched, his skin were brought to the sick and their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. That's, the, that's how saturated we want to be with the Holy Spirit. That if I take my jacket off and ask someone to hold it and they just happen to be sick, that just holding my jacket will heal them immediately. If I walk through the grocery store today, all of us, as we go, that we are so saturated with the Holy Spirit that just the wind of our steps will heal the people around us. That's what we're looking for. We're looking to be so transformed internally because God has taught us we have to live from the inside out. That we're so transformed internally, we're so empowered externally by the Holy Spirit that we don't know what's going to happen when we walk into a room. But boy, everybody better watch out. Because those who aren't going to be saved, they're either going to run the other way because they're so demonically oppressed and they don't want to be saved. Or they're going to come running toward us because they're so demonically oppressed that they want to be free. That's what God has called us to be. That we, it's just going to be like we are just held down in water until our skin is so full that when we get out, you touch it and there's just it just seeps of, of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want. And that's what God has offered us. He didn't say, these are all the possibilities, but you can't have them. These are all the possibilities, but you only get one or two of them. He says, these are all, all the possibilities, and you can have all that I have is yours. Through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. And 1 Corinthians 2 says that the Holy Spirit reveals to us everything that the Father has for us. That we don't have to worry about knowing what to do. Because the Holy Spirit has this whole conference going on. Full time, 24 hours a day with the Father and the Son. And what they work out 
they reveal to us. So the holy understanding for our day today is completely available to us. And we just have to step. If we never step, then we'll never get to see the power of the Spirit dwelling in us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and pray. As I was thinking about uh, Paul and his handkerchiefs and all that kind of stuff, I'm thinking, God, that's how we want to be at the gathering, where we are just, we can just brush the presence, you know, onto people. That as we walk by, we're just like, just receive the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I just thank you that we can take the region by being saturated by your presence. We can take our neighborhoods and our grocery store. That when we walk into a room, we so exude who you are. So, Lord, I'm praying for a fresh uh, infilling of the Holy Spirit over all of us. A fresh awareness of that Galatians 5.16 that we don't have to worry about that sinful nature. Because, Holy Spirit, you are our guard. And you will protect us. And you will run interference for us as you battle with the, with the demonic forces that come against us. So keep our, keep our list short and our power strong in you. And God, I just pray for all of us now that that, our relationship with you, Holy Spirit, will grow, will grow and abound in understanding and wonder. And that all that you have for us Each day, we will just drink in and be ready to pour out. Like John 7.38 says, that out of your bellies will flow the river of living water. And that's you, Holy Spirit. So so we want you to flow out of us, God. And we just thank you that, that your word stirs us, it challenges us, and it reminds us of the beauty and the wonder of who you are. And all that you have bought for us. And we bless and honor you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All righty, guys. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.